Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Relate365.com. In the Northwoods of Wisconsin, we're hanging out here at Silver Ranch like always, and it's it's fun because we get to sit across from a table from each other and just talk about that's life right. and the craziness that's going on around us. And we're two different generations, and that's, that's right. the whole point. Yeah. You, know. you can actually get along with people who are younger or older than you. In fact, on church in, on Sunday, there was a three-year-old boy, four-year-old boy, that saw me, ran across the church, and gave me a big hug and said hello. There you go. There you go. And it made my day. It's like, okay, thank you. And <laughs> then he ran away again. So it was like, oh, that was fun. Yeah. And then after church, you know, another girl, I think she's three, ran up to my wife, gave her a hug, and you know, runs away. Yeah. And then teases me to try and get me to chase her around the church. Yep. Which I did, which I guess isn't right. Yeah. So then why, there's why, an old guy and a young lady. Why can't trouble. you chase somebody around church? I don't know. Some people just don't run through pews. So does or, that make it not right? No, I don't know. I, I said, I guess, <laughs> I guess it wasn't right. Obviously, if I was doing it, I didn't think about being right or wrong. I just wanted to play catch me. <laughs> catch me if you can. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, kids like that. I'm not a hundred Oh, kids love being sure. chased. My boys love being chased. Yeah. So anyway, it's just part it's of the age. interesting life. I hope that you do have conversations with people from different generations and realize that God is not tolerant. He's patient. Yeah. Which means that there is a right and there is a wrong and we're working toward living life the way it was meant to be. And that's why God's patient. The minute that I start saying to God, I'm done growing now. This is what's right. And God, you have to change. That would make God tolerant. Yeah. He's not. There won't be any sin in heaven. There won't be. Sin is always destructive. It mm-hmm. always is destructive. Yeah. And we have to look at it that way. Yeah. And, um, you know, some people think, let me ask you this, Jason. Some people think that any kind of boundaries or regulations uh, inhibit freedom. Do you think that? I th- Yeah, I think people have that viewpoint. Okay, that. but do you have that viewpoint? No. Yeah. And when you think about that for a second, you think, okay, Boundaries or limits are actually something that are helpful, not hurtful. Mm-hmm. So when you go to, where do you buy your food? What store? Uh, we go to like Costco or Woodward. Okay, or so when you go to Costco, there are certain rules for the store. Yeah. Okay, first of all, I think you have to have a membership card to get in. Yep. Okay, you go in, and you can't just take things and say, I don't want to pay for it and walk out. Correct. If you do that, we consider that? Stealing. Stealing. That's right. Okay, and, and I don't know, I guess they throw you in jail for life if you do that or something i'm not 100 percent sure a little harsh but something it, yeah something well they call the police and you get embarrassed and, and and sirens and lights and whatever you sound very familiar with the details yeah right? i am because i watched it a lot <laughs> but not in my life um what's interesting to me is the reason casco exists is because of the rules that are enforced yeah because you pay a fee to get in they can do something, I guess, pay their people, keep their prices lower, whatever it might be. But regardless, that's the rule. Because you have to pay for the food, and you can't just walk in and take it. Okay, that's a rule. Mm-hmm. And and so with the rules, when you follow them, you have this total massive freedom within the context of those rules mm-hmm. to go in there and get what you need. Yep. Or even what you want. Yep. So when people go against rules, what they're what they're doing is they're trying to destroy freedom. Because always, always, rules have to have parameters mm-hmm. around them. Yeah. Um, in your marriage, God tells you to be faithful to your wife. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's yep. the rule. Yep. Okay. 
if that's the rule, then I would say this. There's total freedom in, within your marriage when you abide by the rule. Mm-hmm. Would that be accurate? Absolutely. So if you're listening, listen to this old guy. I'm just telling you, rules aren't something you want to fight against. Mm-hmm. Because the rules in life give you the freedoms in life. Right. And anyone who gives you a rule just for the fun of it is probably out to control you anyway. So mm-hmm. that's a whole different... If I tell you you got to do 10 push-ups a day before you talk to me, I'm not sure about that freedom thing there. But mm-hmm. um, So I think sort it out a little bit, but don't be just anti-rule. I think every young person that grows up goes through a anti-establishment phase. Yeah, yeah. And they do it because they want to feel like they're in control. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, God's in control. Right. It, and the reason that there is guidelines is because... You know, even the one, all the ones that you've given, whether it would be Costco or marriage, when you follow those guidelines, you actually enjoy those things more. Absolutely. And that's just the way it works, yep. you know? And so it's not that the rules are there to prohibit you from enjoyment. And if anything, they're there to enhance enjoyment. And that's the way that God has designed it. Right. You know, I know a lot of people look at Christianity and say, oh, it's just a bunch of rules. Well, it's not. It's really guidelines to say, here's how, you know, I, as God, intended life to be. And so these guidelines will help you enjoy that the way that I intended it to be. Yeah. And so if you do it this way, you will get the most joy and satisfaction. If you don't do it this way, that's where you will experience the effects of the curse of sin because that's where the shame, the guilt, the regret, the anxiety come in. Right. Is when you don't follow those guidelines. Yeah, you got you got to not focus on the rule, but focus on the way it's meant to be. Yeah, and absolutely. When you do that, so so marriage, it's meant to be between one man, one woman, correct? Correct. And it's meant to be for life, where both are committed to each other. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's all. That that's as simple as it gets. Yeah. And you can make all kinds of other excuses, all kinds of other things about that, and say, oh, that's so so restrictive. It can't really be done. Yes, it can. Yeah. You know how many years have you been married? Uh, eight. How many years do you plan on being married? Forever. Okay. Yeah. I've been married. This will be my 41st year. Yeah. And I keep saying, God, it'd be really fun to still be alive and be able to be married 50 years. Yeah. And it really, that's the plan. You want to you wanna be able to be committed to another person all of your life, regardless of what happens to the other person. Do you know what kind of freedom comes with that? A I mean, lot. honestly, when you think about it. So let's say there was a time in my life where I was in a wheelchair. Yeah. And right now, we were just talking before, what old people like talking about is their arthritis and their pains and their medicines. Mm-hmm. And, and I have arthritis. I have bad shoulders, bad hips, my hands starting to be bad, just in arthritis cases. Every once in a while, I think, well, I really don't want to go back to the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. But you know, if I do, I know that my wife has a commitment to me. Mm-hmm. I know that it's not because I can walk right or or be healthy that right. she's committed to me and regardless of my situation in the future mm-hmm. there's a freedom i don't have to worry i don't have anxiety because of the freedom of commitment yeah that's made and people might think boy that's a weird definition of freedom yeah you know because some might think well the freedom is like i gotta get out of there mm-hmm. i gotta live my own life right sorry that isn't the rule mm-hmm. that's not the way it was meant to be yeah. In fact, nobody was meant to live isolated lives. Mm-hmm. You were meant to be with other people. Nobody was meant to be self-centered. Yeah. In fact, that's Satan's greatest tool. Make it all about me. And, and I would give everyone an exercise. 
um, go outside and watch the sunrise or sunset today and ask yourself, how important were you in that process? Mm -hmm. And the answer, obviously, is I wasn't exactly. Right. So the world doesn't revolve around your command, Mm -hmm. but it does around God's. Yeah. He actually knows what he's doing. So I encourage you to to not look at those rules and freak out about them and not to think that God's a killjoy or even someone that's older in your life that comes and says, I want want you to do this. Do you you have general rules in your house? I bet you can't think of any when I ask you. Yeah, of course you put me on the spot. Yeah, do you have rules that the kids would would look at? You know, I mean, when you eat at a, do you have rules? Like some people say you can't leave the table until... Do you have any rules? Uh, well, I mean, we try to do that to teach manners and stuff, you know, try to ask, you know, ask before you can be excused from the table. Sure. That sort of thing. You know, try to don't walk through the house with your shoes on. Yeah. Now, um, are all the rules really expressed or are they, you know, on the fly? If something happens, you make a rule up. Uh, they're, they're, I feel like they're mostly, ex- I mean, I'm sure at some stages it's like, oh, a new rule. Yeah, Here we go. most are on the fly, I think, with yeah. people because yeah. you're, you're kind of surprised. Yeah, especially when you have three boys running around. It's like, oh, I yeah. didn't think of that one. All right, here we go. Well, you forget what it's like to be two years old. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, you're not taking, you know, your shoe and putting it in your mouth. Yeah, so, <laughs> so is true. So to think that I need to make a rule. Yes, yes. And that we... Yeah. <laughs> That's funny because we went shopping one day. This is, I don't know, like two years ago. So when my b- boys were a little bit younger, um, like we're walking around all the grocery stores. We get back in the car and my one of my sons, you know, <laughs> takes the bottom of his shoe and just licks it. Yeah, there you go. You know, so it's like, all right, this is something we're not going to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? You find this interesting because, uh, again, just the whole idea of sickness and things in our country. I was reading an article about how important it is for our bodies to actually be exposed to other germs and viruses in the air. Oh, absolutely. And because, and, and I didn't realize this, honestly, I, mainly because I never thought about it. Yeah. But I didn't realize that viruses actually fight each other. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that. I, I just thought, oh man, can you imagine if all these viruses piled up at once? Yeah. They don't. Right. So when you have a cold, you don't get the flu. Mm-hmm. When you have a cold, this one research article I was reading, and again, you can believe, I guess, whatever research you want, but this article was saying that um, these doctors were saying that the rhinovirus, which is the cold, will defeat the other virus, that will defeat COVID. Mm. Like they, they fight for the same cells. Yeah. And the rhinovirus is stronger. Hmm. And so if you have a cold, you won't get COVID. Yeah. And they did warn you that after the cold, your immune system may be weaker and you might get it then. Right. But you're not going to get it with the cold because the rhinovirus won't let you. Yeah. And I found that fascinating, actually. It's like, oh, there's this war going on inside my body. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, you know what, God? You made it so that I get a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah. And every once in a while, I might get this virus, that virus, this virus. And they fight each other, and they all get tired. Mm-hmm. And then I win. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's my own take on what I read in the article. And uh, it makes sense because God didn't make it so that diseases um would be something that you know there'd be no people here because mm-hmm. they can go through so quickly yeah and somehow our body responds uh even when the in early stages of covid they were saying you know this has never been the body is never we don't know what the body's going to do with this one yeah it's like the body seems to do fine yeah once it finds the thing yeah and yeah it could be more severe in certain people 
Right, and, and that's the case with any virus. Yeah. Because yeah. I understand, talking to a doctor this weekend, he said that, you know, O negative blood usually doesn't get it. Yeah. I'm thinking, okay. Uh, well, that's how people survive pandemics, I guess. There's certain ones that don't get it. Yeah. And then, uh, and others, in fact, there's a statement, I read this article, I think it was out of a medical journal in England. Well, regardless, it, they were saying that uh, if you've been around now for the year that we've had this pandemic and you haven't come down with it, mm -hmm. you've probably had it in your system. Yeah, and just didn't know about it. And your body fought it off somehow. Yep. And so you'll just never really know yep. in that case. Now, they said, we can't be certain of that. Right. But the way that it went around the world, mm -hmm. you know, it, most likely there are people whose bodies have been set up to fight whatever comes in that's foreign like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, my son-in-law actually firm believer in that. I think he, you know, inhales viruses at times just to make sure he has plenty of antibodies. But yeah. I'm not sure he does that. He probably wouldn't appreciate me saying that. But, <laughs> uh, uh, but he's not afraid of, of getting exposed to various things, believing that the body then builds up its immunity. Right. And right. that you're much more immune to things if you if you allow your body to get little doses yeah. know, at a time. <clears throat> that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, who knows? Uh, but we have to be careful. Have you been watching the basketball at all? Uh, I haven't been watching it per se, but you see news articles, yeah, you know, here uh, and there. So, so, and by basketball, you're talking about March Madness. The March so. Madness, the, the college market. basketball, right. and I really don't watch any basketball. And then when March Madness comes, I still don't watch it. Uh, but so now no, bra it's in no the, bracket for you. No, nah, I don't do the. Didn't brackets. have to worry about your bracket busted, no. huh? I know a lot of people do, and they, they, you know, that's great. Enjoy it. However, I just don't do it. I usually watch the last two games, maybe. Hmm. Uh, because those are for those are a little bit higher stakes, and especially if Wisconsin's in it, yeah, <laughs> then I'll really watch it. If they're not, then I won't. Yep. Uh, but I guess Oral Roberts, which is um, yeah, they're the uh, the uh, what the Cinderella. underdog per Cinderella story of the tournament. Yeah. There's always a Cinderella story. Yeah, Oral Roberts. They're already they they've won their first two games against Ohio State and Florida, which were both upsets. They they were. And if you're listening to this, this is pre-recorded, so this is old news by now, and you'll probably already know where this tournament ended. That's right. You know the outcome. We so know. We're, we're just talking about current events here. That's right. But as I looked at it, it was interesting because I was reading an article by the USA Today that was talking about how people like Cinderella stories and how Oral Roberts is that. And yet they say this, so I'll read it to you, and I just want your uh, take on it as a younger guy. Yep. Who, the USA Today again, which I always thought was somewhat of a general newspaper. I didn't think that they leaned one way or the other, but I think I'm wrong on that. I would say after they read this article that you'd yeah. be wrong on that. It says, and yet, they're talking about Oral Roberts, as spotlight grows on Oral Roberts, and it reaps the goodwill, publicity, and revenue of the national title run, the university is deeply bigoted, anti-LGBTQ plus policies can't and shouldn't be ignored. Wow. Strong language. Deeply bigoted. Bigoted. Yeah. Wow. Now, if you don't believe in something, how can you be deeply bigoted? I mean, that's, it's, it's, you don't believe in it. Mm -hmm. So if somebody it came to you and they, they were a, you know, I, I, I don't know what they, they believe that if you eat celery five times a day, um, you know, you're not going to get cancer. And I say, well, I don't believe that. I'm not bigoted. I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. 
I, I'm not hating the person. I'm right. not thinking, you know, I wish you weren't alive. Mm-hmm. But really, I don't even want to go out to eat with you. Right. Because I don't want lectures while we're eating about eating celery with every meal. I, I just don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not bigoted. I, I just disagree with you. Uh, have you ever gone to eat somewhere with somebody who's a health food fanatic? Uh, at times. It yeah. could drive you insane. <laughs> you know what's in that? Do you know what's in that? Do you yeah. know what's in that? It's like, please, I don't ever want to go out to eat with you again. <laughs> I don't want to know what's in everything. I just wanted to, to I, eat I want to eat this thing. Now, you might be turning off your podcast now saying you are so evil. I'm thinking, no, you know, I just told you what I believe. Right. And we've talked about this on the show where just because you disagree with somebody doesn't mean that, you know, you can't be still in a relationship with, you know, friendship with them or a conversation with them. Yeah. You know, not only that, isn't it natural for people to live in areas where people are, are similar to them? Yeah. So I grew up in Chicago, as did you. I grew up in the Polish area of Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know who mostly lived around me? Polish people. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. There was nothing bigoted. They didn't hate everybody in the city. It just it really works out weird, though. The Polish families who came over together kind of stayed together. Then their kids met each other and got married, and they had kids. Mm-hmm. And their kids met each other and got married, and they had kids. And guess what? They're all still Polish. Yeah. And and then mom wants mom and dad want to live by their kids. And so now it looks like there's this terrible area in Chicago that must hate all other groups because they're Polish. Mm-hmm. And I've never understood that. I look at it and go, this isn't even unnatural. This is what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, people grow up, they get married, they have children, their parents want to be somewhat by them, maybe. Yeah. Right, right. Their parents are the same ethnicity, ethnicity, whatever that word is. <laughs> ethnicity. Thank you. That they are. Yeah. The parents are probably the same religion that they are. Mm-hmm. So how unusual is that? Are you really being bigoted? No, I would say no. And then the church, the local church. So you have a church, a local church in a Polish neighborhood. And mostly people that go to this local church in a Polish neighborhood are Polish. Mm-hmm. So then you read articles that say there's no more segregated, terrible place than the church on Sunday morning. Mm. And I sit there and think, really? Yeah. Because they're in a neighborhood of Polish people and people who go to the church are Polish? Right. That, well, well, not only that, you have the freedom to go anywhere you want. Right. That's, that's, that's the beauty of the way that our, our country is set up. And the same goes with colleges. There's a reason that colleges advertise. Yeah. And try to, you know, get people to come. You have the choice. Absolutely. So just because people choose to go to one university over another doesn't mean that, that they're bigoted. No. It means that this is what we believe. This this yeah. article has just gone on and said, while the school has been soundly mocked by social media for its archaic standards of behavior. Yeah, look at the language it's using. It's trying to make it normal that somebody who says homosexuality is wrong is is bad. It's archaic, right. It, they're not. But archaic behavior and code of conduct, which we just talked about rules, so code of conduct is fine. And it goes into some of their their their, their choices. So so on campus, they, they ban the social dancing, the, the shorts in classroom, the uh, whatever. 
And I'm thinking, okay, some schools won't do that. Some schools do that. I, that's neither here nor there. Right. Well, not only that, you look at, I would say, the majority of Christian schools. Right. And they probably have a similar, you know, I mean, they called it a lifestyle statement when, right. I, when I went to my school. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was probably identical to that. Yeah. Well, I went to Wheaton College. We had a sign, a, a code. Yeah. Called it the code. The code. Yeah, we know? called it the lifestyle statement. Yeah. But the bottom line really is that the people that fought it— But it was my choice. Yeah. I didn't have to go there. So don't go there if you don't want to do it. You know, that's the thing is yeah. they're choosing to live by that way, just like anybody else, you know, just like everybody has the right to live a homosexual lifestyle. You don't have to go to that school. Right. You know, and that's the thing I think that people forget. And you certainly don't need to start yelling at them and calling them evil. Right. I mean, but, don't go there. But I, th- yeah, and, and that's the interesting thing about this article is the language that it's using, trying to pass it off as if, if it's, what was the word, archaic? Right. You know, and archaic. that's where. That's, and they go on to say it's the school's discriminatory and hateful right. uh, policies. Right. Discriminatory and hateful. Right. And th- this is a huge reason why on this show we talk about a lot of current events is because you have to engage with the information that is given to you. Yep. Um, because if you don't, all of this stuff will, will just start seeping in. And if we if you don't question the, the intent behind it. Right. You know, that's that's where it becomes normalized. Absolutely. And you can't allow that stuff to be normal. So you need to have regular discussions about it. I think I call it the code. I think actually it was called the pledge when I went to Wheaton. The pledge. The pledge, but I can't remember now. I, I do remember, though, again, thinking how weird it is that anyone would fight it because the reason Wheaton College was Wheaton College mm-hmm. was not just the academics. You can learn math at any major university. Go to any major university you want. You could probably learn right. how to whatever they do in college math. Right. right? Oh, absolutely. Or any or history. Yeah, history or, yeah, whatever. whatever it might be. The reason you went to Wheaton College is they had a motto outside that said, for Christ and his kingdom. Right. And then they had this pledge that said, we want a certain atmosphere on this campus. So if you don't want that atmosphere, I can respect that. Right. Absolutely. That's your, it's your right to not want, you know, want something different. So go somewhere else. Right. And and it's the same way. You probably wouldn't go to this school knowing it's a huge party school. Right. You know, I mean... Everybody knows that in college, there's some colleges that party harder than other colleges. Absolutely. You know, so does that make the biggest party schools bigoted in a sense? Yeah, because you don't party. Because you don't party. Yeah. You know, like it's just, it's silly when you, when you, when you start thinking about the thought process behind it. Yeah. One one of the fundamental ideas of the United States of America is this freedom, freedom of religion, freedom of speech. And people have that and we need to guard that. Mm Mm-hmm. And really, it's not for us to go and attack. If, if you started a school that was just for homosexual people or whatever it might be, that's your right to do that. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't attend. Yeah. I, I also, if you got in a basketball tournament or whatever, that's your right to play basketball. Right. And I'm not going to beat you up because I disagree totally with you. I hope if I'm on the basketball team, we win. Right. But that's because I hope we win against everybody. Right. So... That isn't an issue to me. Right. And and, do, and does any of their beliefs impact their ability to play the game of basketball? Yeah, of course not. I mean, it's a basketball tournament. Right. It's about basketball. Yeah. Well, it, it really is interesting to watch the world's reaction. And even USA Today, I personally 
would not get a USA Today paper now after reading this article. I yeah. personally would say, you know what? You want to start normalizing some of the goofiness that's going on in the world. Go ahead. Yeah. I called it goofy because that's what I think. Yeah. Now, you might say, oh, that's a terrible. You hate. I don't hate people. Mm-hmm. I, I just wouldn't go to a school that's a party school because that's not in my belief warehouse. Right, right. And I would go to a school that has rules that I think will lead to freedom down the road mm-hmm. and, and help us be the way we were meant to be. Uh, even at Wheaton, I told the other students that would argue this, I'd say, you don't, you, know, you don't have to believe in all this stuff even. Right. But when you came here, you said, I understand this is the atmosphere, this is the rules. When you leave, you're not under the pledge. I understand that. Right. So, but while you're here, it probably does you good. Mm-hmm. To be able to say, I am going to abide by these rules while I'm here. Right. Just because you've asked me to and the atmosphere is going to be protected. You know, as as people who run a ministry, we don't we don't want people running around these grounds um dressed in a provocative way. Mm-hmm. We don't want that. Right. Now again, I know that's up to, you know, everybody to decide what that looks like, but we, when you see it, you know it, I guess. And and right. you just don't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want people, you know, we don't want counselors here using four-letter words at kids. and You don't want that because we don't think that's right. We mm-hmm. don't think people that walk with God and love God let those things just slip out of their mouth like that on a continual basis. Right. So we're going to say, hey, that's inappropriate. That's what we're going to tell them for here. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're going to tell people. In fact, there's four things we tell people when they come here that we want them to make sure they don't violate. And the first one is that that we achieve our mission to know Christ, to make him known. That's mm-hmm. what we're about. The Absolutely. second thing is safety. Absolutely. You know, safety in every way, emotional, sexual, every way, spiritual safety. This is a safe place. So you violate that. We don't want you here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third thing is we want to be a fun place and yeah. go and, and, and just enjoy the zip line and all that other stuff. And the last thing is we want to be affordable. Yeah. Obviously, people need to be able to come. Now, for me as the president of the ministry, I look at those four things and I can actually see those four things. And when someone violates, I can go through my head real quickly and say, are you violating one of these? Mm -hmm. If you're violating one of these, then you need to not be here. Right. Because these are like core beliefs of ours. Mm -hmm. And then we have a a doctrinal statement, that kind of thing too. But actually with, with the kids that are here for one week, Let's make sure that we don't mess up on the mission that we know Christ to make him known. So you need to know Christ and then learn how to make him known. Let's make sure we're safe. Let's make sure we're fun. Let's make sure we're affordable. Yep. That doesn't make me bigoted against people who might come and say, I think that uh, you should charge more money or you're evil. Well, we're not charging more money. We're going to take people if they need to come. Mm-hmm. That's our belief system. Right. Now, you may have a different belief system. Go ahead and run a camp. I know some camps are for profit and you can make a ton of money. Go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. That's just not ours. Right. So we'll respect you. You respect ours. And let's go forward. I think we have to learn to do that as a nation. Right. And learn to, to be able to live next to each other, but be able to disagree. Right. And and not enforce it on, on each other. Like exactly. that's, that's the beauty of how America was created. Is it's the freedom of choice. Yep. Um, and I think that's what we need to realize. But we also need to engage culture when it starts to attack that freedom of choice and make you seem outdated because you have that freedom. Yeah. And that's what this article is doing is it's it's making something seem already dealt with in the in the past. And that's not the case. You it know, isn't. and they're taking away, you know, this these guys, you know, opportunity to serve. But 
not serve, but play basketball. Not really. Yep. But anyways, check out this conversation. We're unfortunately out of time. Thanks for joining us. This is Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.